Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. Also, we also have the test drops. 
so you can test the pH level of the drop. I mean, of the water that you are presently drinking. Are you drinking tap water? Do you drink Aquafina or Deer Park or Fuji? And do you know the pH levels of each? Like, have you tested it yourself? So these are some of the things that Kair is like super, super big on, and I'm really looking forward to letting people all over the United States um, become a part of this wonderful opportunity. And it's not just drinking the water, but you also there's a money-making opportunity associated with it. So if you're in California on the West Coast, and I know we have a lot of listeners from California, please check out CaliforniaAlkaline.info. If you're in Toronto, please check out TorontoAlkaline.info. And if you're in Michigan, check out MichiganAlkaline.info. And if you are anywhere in the state of New York, New Jersey, check out NewYorkAlkaline.info. And, of course, if you're in the Carolina, north or south, you want to check out CarolinaAlkaline.info. Don't be late. And if you're in any one of those states where I have distribution centers already set up and ready to ship to you, <clears throat> if you get cups tonight or any of these alkaline products, they can be at your door before Monday or Tuesday of next week. Please check out CarolinaAlkaline.info as well. If you're ready to buy already and you've already seen the canister, you can go right away to .com. That's CaliforniaAlkaline.com, TorontoAlkaline.com, MichiganAlkaline.com, NewYorkAlkaline.com, or CarolinaAlkaline.com. You need water, we got it for you, and we got to get it to the masses as soon as possible. All right, we want to get on moving with the show. We don't waste waste any more time. Tonight is show number 19. That's right. Each and every week, you catch us here on Thursdays at 8 o'clock, <clears throat> and we're doing it like no other. Master Yao has been coming to us each and every weekend. We've had, I mean, each and every week, we've had the Grand Trine Level 1 class, the Level 2 class for New Jersey and Maryland, and um, is on the way. It's already underway, and I'm sure that I think Atlanta is still setting some things up in Houston as well. And it's just a lot of things that are going down for the program, the Tower of Tantra, and we definitely want to keep all of you in the loop and participating. So without further ado, I want to bring to you all-around great guy, Tantra master, uh, engineer, um, a man's man, uh, just one hell of a guy. That's really all I can say. Put your hands together for my main man, Yao Morris. The dream come true. What's going on, big brother, y'all? I want to say thank you to uh, Coach Kaya for having me on once again. And I want to say thank you to all of the listeners out there, uh, Blog Talk Radio, for supporting me. Uh, we can't do it without you. I'm feeling very good tonight. So much uh, good stuff, good developments, good activities happening around me. And I just feel blessed. Um, I've got a, a really juicy topic tonight I want to get into. And um, before I do, I just want to say uh, a, a shout-out to uh, Carol Boykin 
a reflexologist par excellence who um, I commanded her to call in tonight, <laughs> and I don't know if she will or not. I'm hoping she will. <laughs> but um, she came in. I requested that she come into the class and uh, do her, her foot reflexology magic. Uh, part of the, the level two class is uh, there's a reflexology component, of course. And of course, people who've taken the class and who read the books know that a central foundation of uh, Tantra is the science of genital reflexology, the reflexology of the genitals. But uh, Carol came in and just, um, I guess she did 10 or 12 pairs of feet in a short period of time, and everybody was impacted in a positive way. They got some great information, learned a new science. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Dr. Charles Abbott. Uh, we saw once again his talent. He uh, uh, he has a, a procedure where he can chart you know, the auric flow and the, uh, the energy flow through the acupuncture meridians and the five organs. And uh, we just had quite a buzz from his presentation last weekend where he did our charts and showed us uh, where our chi was going and where it was not going so well. And finally, I want to give a shout-out to my main man, serious brother up in Newark, New Jersey, who just is kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> He's got a, a, his next level one tantra class coming up. I believe it's November the 17th or whatever that weekend is, and we're already getting good registrations and we're already getting a high level of excitement. And Sirius Brother has just been um, been taking people up to new heights up there in Newark. And I'm really happy with his work and what he's been doing. And um, he's just healing and showing people how to bring more pleasure to their lives. Coach Tyer, tonight I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, relationship risk management. <laughs> Hot damn! I'm gonna have fun tonight. Let me get ready. Let me get my hand ready for the sound effects because I already. You sound like you're comfortable over there, and you got your bedroom shoes on. So I know what happens when that when you get in your uh, when you get in your uniform. Well, now, see, um, I remember when I was in corporate America, we used to have these meetings every once in a while. And they, you know, they were talking about risk management, and we went through our credit reports. I was in sales at the time, and uh, we had to interact with our uh, credit representatives and de determine which, you know, accounts over 60 days were a bad risk and why, and what we were going to do about it. And we had the same uh, thing that we talked about taking on new accounts to do the risk management. We talked about the terminal and the transportation of a product and the logistics and the risk management of doing things one way versus another. And I just noticed that this whole concept of risk management kept coming up in corporate America for my department. And every time you looked around, you know, if you made any kind of a mistake, the first thing your boss would come up in your face was, did you do the risk analysis? You know, you, you do the capital investment analysis first on the operating side, and then the next thing they want to know, did you do the risk analysis? 
And why did this problem come up? You know, if, if you had seen the risk, you wouldn't have done this, right? And, you know, I always used to say to myself, Dad, I wish we could do this in relationships. <laughs> and then maybe avoid some of these problems we keep coming up with. Now, the final thing that I'm coming to is maximizing pleasure. Because Tantra is about pleasure. When you get down to the bottom line, Tantra is about pleasure, especially in the bedroom. It's about you get into the bedroom, you're going to get maximum pleasure that you can get, you know, without hurting anybody. And then... You know, you want to get that, you want to bring that pleasure into the rest of the relationship. You want the relationship to go smooth, to have this companionship, this partnership that, you know, financially is beautiful, conversationally, mentally is beautiful, dealing with your kids and your in-laws is beautiful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I noticed that a lot of my female friends, fall off into what I call mild-mannered manipulation to get um, outcomes that they desire. And I notice men oftentimes get into what I call avoidance strategy to get what they the outcome that they desire in relationships. In other words, if we can just <laughs> avoid the situation and issues that trigger uh, that female partner of mine, then we can keep this thing going, you know, the way I want it to go. So I want to take another look at that from the Tantra perspective and talk about relationship risk management with the law, with the final outcome being enhanced pleasure. So we talked about the counterfeit personality structure. We talked about five counterfeit personality structures. In other words, we always say in Tantra, Tantra is about becoming your original self, your DNA self, your natal self. And we always say that if you want to become Tantra, if you want to become Tantra, you must return to the template in your DNA. And to the extent that you duplicate in your life what you were born to be in your DNA is the extent to which you become Tantra. And to the extent that you become Tantra, is the extent to which you can achieve the highest levels of pleasure in your intimate relationships. So how does that translate to from an emotional perspective when we get into these relationships? How do we exercise uh, the things that subtract from our experience of pleasure in and out of the bedroom? We do it through risk management. So tonight, we're going to take the counterfeit personality discussion to the next level. So we review five types of counterfeit personality structure. And the counterfeit personality is a measurement or a definition of how you are not your original self. <coughs> Excuse me. In other words... To the extent that you are not your original self is the extent to which you have a counterfeit personality structure, and to the extent that you're not your original self is the extent to which your counterfeit personality structure is running your relationships 
and ruining your sexual life. And basically, the counterfeit personality structure is a 900-pound gorilla, the champ of champs. He's out here just slapping people around, kicking people in the nuts, and knocking people out. He's a bad, 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 bad boy. And he's, you know, he's telling people what to do, what you're not going to do. And basically, you know, he, he's, he's, we got to fear that joint. So the counterfeit personality structure has five types. The schizoid type, the oral type, psychopathic type, masochistic type, and the anal type. And we talk about the schizoid type uh, as a split. In other words, they, they vacillate between having a full personality and having a partial personality. That's why we call them schizoids. The oral type, we talk about them in terms of having a sense of entitlement and having a feeling of abandonment. Psychopathic type, basically grounded in a need for control, excessively excessively needing control. Masochistic type, we're talking about an aversion to submission and passive aggressiveness. The anal type, we're talking about um, uh, a, a materialistic nature, that's living on the surface and afraid to dig and, and, and really emotionally share with other people. But there's something else that we need to look at when we talk about the counterfeit personality structures. <clears throat> well, let's move away from counterfeit personality structures for a second. Let's go on the other side of the world and talk about the five organs in your body. And let's talk about something called the Chinese five-phase medical system. Some people call it the yellow emperor, classic medical system. And some people just call it the five-phase elemental system. This five-phase elemental system has five uh, elements in it, or element phases. And they are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. Now, there is a correlation in this um, system between these energies and the human body and the human personality. So, wood corresponds to the organ liver. Fire corresponds to the organ heart. Earth corresponds to the organ spleen. Metal corresponds to the organ lungs. Water corresponds to the organ kidneys. Now, every person has liver, kidneys, lungs, and all of that. And there's two things going on here. In, in the one hand, if something happens to one of your organs, the organ is damaged or not functioning properly, we exhibit the negative characteristics of that elemental energy. The other thing that happens is the counterfeit personality is in play and when the counterfeit personality is in play and there's an energy imbalance in the body due to the counterfeit personality, that same negative emotion crops up. We'll look at this another way. We're basically saying that 
people have these natal archetype patterns, when they become, when they move away from that, we say that they have a counterfeit personality pattern. And basically now, we also see that after they get this counterfeit personality, if one of their organs gets out of balance, we see a distinct and recognizable way that this counterfeit personality flares up and acts against positive relationship outcomes. More importantly, we see that in a very specific way, it ruins the sexual experience or diminishes it in a specific type of a way. And that's what we want to see. We want to see that some of this activity is emotional, some of it is physical, but whichever way, whichever the cause is, we can see that our counterfeit personality flares up and becomes uh, even more abnormally um, detrimental than normal. And that we can see that when this happens, there are clear indicators of it. And it is accompanied by a corresponding sexual dysfunction. So let me just give you uh, the overview before we get into specifics. I'm going to talk about these five or these five uh, elements, and then we're going to talk about the organ that's associated with them, and just give you a real quick idea of what is going on here. So. When we talk about the wood-type person or the wood-type uh, situation, we're talking about the liver and problems with the liver. And what happens is when you have a person who has uh, who is this wood-type or who has issues with the liver, and by the way, the, the counterfeit personality that has the most affinity to this is the anal type. And what happens is the person becomes argumentative. They're constantly looking to find fault with something. And to the extent that some of these people can't have good sex and good orgasms unless they first create drama and they, they're looking forward to what is called makeup sex. And this makeup sex is very good for them, not necessarily as good for the opposite sex partner. So they get into a place where they're starting to be overcome by a negative wood energy. Their liver begins to malfunction. And the anal, count, the anal counterfeit personality structure then goes into a scenario where no matter what the mate does, they want to argue about it. And the only time that they really seem to be sexually satisfied is makeup sex. Now, this scenario affects the other four counterfeit personalities as well. We're not going to get into an in-depth discussion of each one we're going to hit the high points tonight, but you'll begin to see, we're going to make a few uh, scenarios and show you a few other examples, but we're going to stick to the ones where there's the greatest impact. When we talk about the fire energies, 
The fire energy corresponds to the heart. If the heart is impaired due to a disease or a condition, or if the person is emotionally under the influence of something from the counterfeit personality structure and they get into this fire modality, the negative fire modality, the person becomes overly excitable. In other words, they become an excitement junkie. And what they're looking for is something that's going to give them this emotional excitement rush. For example, gambling. For example, roller coaster ride. For example, getting into situations that is dangerous, such as riding in a speeding car faster than they need to go over the speed limit, got to take a chance because of the excitement element of it. They cannot have good, satisfying sex unless they're riding 100 miles an hour, they get to where they got to go, and then, you know, they rip the partner's clothes off and want to make love, or, or they go out and commit a crime. Or also, there is the excitement involved with things like uh, drugs or, or the type of sex where there's voyeurism, making love in public, something they can't have the normal relationship. Which personality is this, y'all, associated with fire in the heart? It's the, the, the personality is associated with the fire energy. Yes. Most closely associated with the heart, with some type of uh, impairment to the heart. The counterfeit personality that's most susceptible to it is the oral personality structure. But it can affect any of the five. And so we have a situation where the person sort of like they get bored in the regular relationship scenario. They feel like they've got to be out here doing something extraordinary or life isn't worth living, and they become depressed. And they drag their mate, if the mate will allow, into these situations of danger, gambling, something where there is excitement produced that's abnormal. Now, I mean, I've been to, you know, uh, Atlantic City and gambled, and it's fun. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a situation where the person is driven in an abnormal manner to do this on a regular basis and that without this, sexual life becomes to them boring and they will even have infidelity or or things like that so that they can engage in this type of activity when uh, you'll see that it's, it's just not productive in the long run. And so even if the primary mate refuses to cooperate, hey, then go out and find somebody else who will. The next energy is the earth energy. And in the earth energy, they feel stuck. When they have a negative earth energy, it's talking about the spleen. So when the spleen becomes congested or or something like diabetes, then this person develops a negative earth energy. And what they do to compensate this feeling of being stuck or being drawn into this inertia or in a rut is that they want to surround themselves with multiple relationships. Now, I'm not talking about sexual relationships. 
What I'm saying is this person starts to bury themselves in work and activities that have nothing to do with their financial well-being and nothing to do with the relationship in their sexual life. They ignore their sexual life. In fact, they become disinterested in their sexual life. Instead, they want to go to PTA meetings. They want to be involved in the choir. They want to find out how can they rewrite the church charter. How can uh, we go downtown and get them to pass the ordinance to keep people from speeding by my house? They become very involved in interfering what everyone else is doing, but they're not really paying attention to their mate. In fact, they they become very agitated when the mate demands sexual attention. In other words, they try to fill their life with all of these secondary relationships in order to avoid spending quality time with their prime relationship or their children, for that matter. This is the negative earth energy from the spleen or from the counterfeit personality structure. Now, the counterfeit personality structure that most easily feeds into this dynamic is the masochistic personality structure, okay? But it can affect all of them. But this is a dynamic that you can see when the situation becomes chronic or bad, excessive. The person, you'll see them become almost compulsive, where everything has got to be in constant motion that's away from the desired outcome. In other words, they, they, they may be in poverty, but they're, they want to be engaged in every daggone thing except something that's going to help them make some more money. This person may have um, a good mate, but they want to have relationships with the neighbors, the paper boy, the people at the office, everybody they want to go out and, and, and have all of these different things going on, but they don't have time to deal with the husband or the wife. The fourth type is the metal type. And the metal Hold on, y'all. What, um, the earth, what, um, <clears throat> what counterfeit personality did that one Counterfeit personality, it can go to any of the five. But the oh, one that, that most feeds into it easily is called the masochistic personality structure. Gotcha. So the masochistic, when the masochistic personality structure has a negative earth energy, watch out. It's bad. It's going to be bad. And it becomes really, really, I mean, pr- prominent. You can see it, I mean, so clearly that their neighbors and all of their friends can see, you know, they say, God, you need to go home and pay attention to your wife. And the guy says, okay, I'll get around to that. But basically he's coaching a little league team and he's doing all of this, you know, stuff that makes him look good in the community. But he's not dealing with his money issues. He's not dealing with his wife. He's not dealing with his kids. And he's dealing with everything except the important stuff. The next one is metal, which corresponds to the lungs. So when you look at smokers, who are very heavy smokers, people who have uh, poisoning from asbestos, people who have lung issues resulting from asthma over a long period of time where the lung has started to sustain damage, or it can be from the personality structure and they begin to have what is called a negative metal energy. 
And what happens with them is a dysfunction around having order and sequence and hierarchy in their life. It's a little bit complicated, but I'm going to try to make it simple for you. Basically, they want everything to line up in such a way that um, their way is right, everybody else's way is wrong. So you get they put out a contract to renovate their house. They want the contractor to stringently abide by the building code. You know, you put the nail, the nails are supposed to be eight inches apart. The building code is just to try to give you a good idea. They got a tape measure out there measuring how far the nails are apart. You know, your nails are too far apart, and this becomes important to them. They become obsessed about dress. You're not dressing based on how you should be. The wife starts to walk out of the house with a little bit of cleavage showing, and they become, you know, this you can't do this. It's not appropriate. They become concerned about being on time in an excessive way. And if you carry it out, they become what you call obsessive compulsive. They just seem to have to do these little rituals of order that have nothing to do with enjoyment. They become so left-brained so into their left brain, so into defining things, so into establishing what the regulation should be, the order should be, that they stop living. And in at the same time, they become impotent and infertile because they are unsuccessful at getting the world to conform to the order in which they think the world should occur. The type that most uh, fits into this dynamic is the psychopathic type, which is involved with control. And therefore, this just fits right into their, their scheme of things. And when the psychopathic personality type gets a disorder of the lungs or a disorder of the mental entity, it becomes excessive. And that is a red flag that tells you this is a risk management issue. In other words, if you take a risk on this situation, you're probably not going to get a return on your investment. And so, therefore, you need to stop forward progress, stop the normal relationship pattern, seek counseling, and if you can't get counseling, you need to pull back because this is a red flag saying, okay, this person has crossed the boundary, they've entered this mental, negative mental state, their lungs are got a problem health-wise, and boom, we need to do something. The last is water. And in the water dynamic, when it becomes excessive, when we get into a negative water state that is excessive, we're talking about the kidneys. And so this comes about through damage or problem with the kidneys and or from a personality structure. When we have the negative water scenario, it's one of the most damaging because the person pulls back. They want to be alone. They want to spend time thinking and reading and they bury themselves in the library 
They want to go back to school and study X, Y, and Z. But basically, they're going to pull, they probably will dissolve, you know, get it, terminate the relationship. Or you'll find them married, sleeping in separate beds, and having very little contact with the mate to the point where you can have a man and woman living in the same house for three or four years, and there's, they may sleep together two or three times a year. So the, the negative water type escapes into solitude. He is an island unto himself, or she becomes a hermit. Oftentimes, it's also connected to hoarding, where they hoard stuff. And these things that they hoard are objects in which they invest their attention. By the way, that's also one of the problems with the earth, negative earth thing, the hoarding issue. And this, this water type is so difficult because they stop communicating. So they'll communicate and talk about stuff that has nothing to do with the important issues, but they will not engage in a way that allows resolution. So let's just go ahead and talk about it again. When we talk about the wood type, you know, they really want to act they really want to get out and do stuff, especially if they can cause a struggle or some drama or, you know, the baby mama stuff or the man who wants to get involved in everybody's business but his own. And he has a problem with sex unless there's, it's makeup sex. It's, it's a lot of, uh, it, you know, things dealing with the problem. Boom, then you come and you get there and you say, okay, let's have the makeup sex and you're happy, but the mate is not as satisfied. And they have these uncontrollable impulses. They want to be free. But they're constantly struggling. So if you disengage from them and say, I don't want to argue with you anymore, <coughs> then they want to get with you and argue even more. Then we have the fire type who has this excessive desire for contact with other people, but they don't pay attention to the primary relationship. They're excitement junkies. Then you have Earth, who instead of them really uh, looking at their primary relationships, instead of them dealing with their financial issues and whatever, they combat this feeling of being stuck, this feeling of being uh, trapped by going out and getting all of these other relationships, joining these organizations, getting involved in all of these causes, volunteering at the hospital, and at the same time, the mate is starved. And we get to metal, who who wants relationships and who wants, uh, you know, uh, to engage but he won't do it unless everything is in perfect order. Everything has to be ideal. Everything has to be regulated according to his schedule and his list and, and his order of importance. And if it doesn't fit this order, then he, he doesn't want to do it. He's like, no, can't do that. So, you know, they will go about their life and deal with all of the the utility issues. In other words... 
they, they'll take care of all the things that absolutely need to be taken care of, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, pay all their bills, you know, everything is neat and clean. But there's no energy put into the relationship unless and until it, it's, it's, it's according to this strict regulatory scenario that he sets up in his mind, which usually drives the mate away. And finally, water, who basically fears exposure, fears, doesn't want people to become, to, to get too intimate with him because he fears what will happen from that. And therefore, he seeks solitude. And he, he's got this problem in that he wants intimacy but feels inadequate to follow through on it. And then, of course, we're talking about, when we're talking about the wood and liver type, they are really, really vulnerable to the anal personality. And when we're talking about the fire scenario, they are really, really vulnerable to the oral personality structure. When we're talking about the, the metal energy, uh, it's really, I'm sorry, the earth energy, we're really, really talking, uh, really, really vulnerable to the masochistic personality structure. When we're talking the metal, lungs, really, really vulnerable to the psychopathic controlling person. When we're talking about the water problem, they're really, really vulnerable to the schizoid personality type. Now, what does all of this mean? If you see any of these particular red flags where the person is always arguing, materialistic, always seems like he's got to be involved in some kind of drama that just doesn't seem to be, be doing anything anything productive for him or her. They're spending money like crazy. They, they, they seem like, you know, no matter what you try to do, they have to be antagonistic towards you and toward other people, even while they're driving. And if you see it to the point where it's where they're sexually can't seem to be satisfied unless they're having makeup sex after an argument, you know that's a red flag and there's a risk management issue here where the risk has exceeded the payout and you no longer should be taking that risk. You need to pull back from that relationship, get counseling, and check the person's liver. When you see this fire situation, where there's this excitement junkie, where they've got to be gambling or driving fast or involved in criminal activity or taking unnatural risks or just, you know, like I saw one situation where the brother, he was cheating on, he had a girlfriend, and he was cheating on her with two girls. And he had one girl drop him off at the mall at a clothing store, and he had the other girl pick him up and he had five minutes of time between the drop-off and the pick-up. And one day, the drop-off was late. And the pick-up came at the same time as the drop-off. So the pick-up girl was sitting there in the parking lot waiting for him when the drop-off girl dropped him off. Now, you would think the normal brother would have said, let me off a little earlier. You know, let me off four or five stores back. Don't pull all the way up. 
the way he normally dropped me off, so the other woman won't see him. But this brother did not say anything. He read us the fact that the second girl would see him getting out of the car with the first girl, and then he went in there, you know, uh, trying to trying to trying to explain it and all. And this was exciting for him. The Earth type, when you see this, back up. The Earth type, when you see the person surrounding themselves, they're 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 financially in trouble, their relationship is in trouble, and instead of them trying to deal with that, you see them surrounding themselves with all of these extracurricular activities, uh, clubs, institutions, and, you know, volunteering for all of this stuff, but they're not spending any time making more money, dealing with their primary relationship. Red flag. Same thing with the metal in the water. When we see these environments, when we see these scenarios, you realize you have reached a point of negative risk management in that relationship. And you know that you have crossed the boundary of operating. In other words, it no longer pays for you to continue operating business as usual in that relationship because this person has crossed the boundary. Now, how does this manifest sexually? The wood, the negative wood type involving the liver, it manifest as premature ejaculation or women who require an abnormal scenario to get them aroused. They can see a man that's attracted that's attractive to them, but they are not sexually aroused by him. In other words, they see him on the dance floor, he comes and talks to them. They are aroused mentally. But the reproductive system doesn't do nothing. It just sits there. It doesn't get aroused. No blood flows. They don't breathe heavy. He can kiss them, and they want him to kiss them, but they don't get aroused. Which type is that, and what organ is that? The wood and the liver. Wow. So what we say is that they have a high threshold of arousal. When you find a person who has a woman who is a, a wood type, who is a natural wood type from birth, and she is... Um, has a very a liver that's functioning very well, and her genital reflex map is in good shape, she is very easily aroused and becomes very highly aroused so that you kiss her and suck on those nipples and stuff, and girlfriend is ready. Her blood is, is racing through her veins. When the liver is not functioning properly, when the person has a negative wood energy, she finds a lot of frustration because she is just not aroused. She's aroused in her mind. The guy's cute. She wants him to touch her, and she lets him touch her. Or the man is like, he sees that nice nice shape, and he's like, God, she's cute. And he's up there feeling on her and kissing her and everything, but he doesn't get a heart on We call that a high threshold of arousal. And the way that they get off is drama starting a fight, creating a problem, arguing, and that's how they get aroused. Red flag. And so that person, once they do get aroused, the orgasm comes quickly, prematurely, in both the men and in the women. It takes them a long time to orgasm, an exceptionally long time, 
And normally they're not going to orgasm. Why? Because the threshold of arousal is so high, by the time the man is ejaculating, they're just starting to get aroused. For the fire type, the excitement junkie, very, very similar thing. Um, they have a lot of passion, a lot of sensuality, and this, that, and the other. But they have the problem that, you know, they're very concerned that the other person is going to be true to them. They're very concerned about being bored. They're very concerned about a whole bunch of stuff. And as a consequence of all those concerns, the sexual dysfunction that manifests itself is, again, premature ejaculation and a faulty negative circulation of blood in the reproductive system. In other words, blood flow in the genital area is inadequate. Lubrication in the genital area is inadequate. Production of semen and fluids of the male is inadequate. And therefore, we find this person uh, excited about stuff on the outside in life. They love to gamble, crime. They, they can be doing all kinds, taking all kinds of risks and chances. And they're not that concerned about relationship. Why? Because they know that sexually, they are not going to have the capability of satisfying their partner. The woman knows that. After 12 minutes, she's done, and she's bored. She's on to the next thing. Sex is not that exciting, the actual performance of it. The man, he's like, 10 minutes, I'm good, he's gone, and he's bored. He wants to get up and go home. There is no endurance. The earth type it's a very similar, and you're going to start to see that there's, that, 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 that there's similarities, although it manifests differently. The earth type is stuck. They can become aroused, but once they engage in sex, energy transfer is blocked, choked. The, 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 the genitals, the energy is basically shut down. Basically, it's just shut down. They lose interest in sex sometimes completely. And um, the only time they can become excited and have an orgasm is in an extramarital situation. Normally, if they're single, they only engage people in one-night stands or people who live long distances away in what are called safety valve relationships. In other words, if you live next door and they're signal and they're attracted to you and they made out with you, nothing's going to happen. If you lived 100 miles away and they met you on some kind of strange scenario in one of their uh, extracurricular activities, if you're, you know, you're in what organization that they're in and you're at the same convention, they might have a good sexual episode with you, but there can't be any chance that you're going to become close to them because they don't, the primary relationship is something that they're trying to avoid. So basically their sexual energy is simply just shut down. There is no connection between their heart and their genitals. It's severed. 
The metal scenario dealing with the lungs is a little bit different. Now, they can become aroused and they can have a very good orgasmic profile, but only if the opposite sex partner is submissive to them. And in fact, they would even say their choice would be that the sexual partner is inferior to them. An ideal situation for them would be they're the master and you're the slave. Is this still the earth type you're describing? The metal type, lung type. And so if you are equal to them and you express any type of independence, they're going to lose their erection. The woman can be hot and wet and juicy, and if the man starts to exert his manhood and resist her control, she loses her interest. In other words, the, the, the sexual, physical apparatus becomes completely enslaved to an emotional catalyst. And the normal pattern of arousal and all of that is circumvented. And sex becomes a problem because unless they can find someone that's physically attracted to them who is willing to be subservient to them, even inferior to them, they can't enjoy sex. In the last type, the water type, it's worse than that when we're dealing with the kidney. They basically have isolated themselves from the opposite sex, from their primary partner. They probably have terminated the relationship. And for them, the sexual dysfunction shows up as an incapacity to consider the opposite sex partner or the opposite sex in general in the way you normally do. In other words, the man does not see the woman in the normal sexual context. He can't. And therefore, he has to look at her in an abnormal sexual context. We're basically talking about perversion. We're basically talking about something that is is abnormal in that they they're not going to have and cannot have a normal sexual relationship that's going to generate pleasure to them. There is an element of perversion involved, especially pornography, or they might take an attractive partner to a strip club and get uh, uh, excited watching somebody else engaging or feeling on their partner. In other words, the woman takes her husband to the strip club and she gets excited because he's rubbing up on a stripper or uh, swinging or a situation where there is some type of separation. And so you're both in the same room and basically they're spying on you. You know, they're watching you 
watch pornography and they get excited from that or they're watching you walking around naked and they're getting excited from that but they don't want to actually engage you because direct engagement is a violation. So in all of these cases, these this is a relationship risk management tool where when you start to see these patterns, you pull back, stop, and you need to seek counseling and therapy because the situation has gotten so bad that you it may they may seem to be normal and they may they may be able to conduct life normally in terms of their job and certain other functions, but in terms of a sexual relationship, boom, nope, not there. That's gone. That's out the window. And until you correct the issue, you can't resolve that, and you probably can't do that by yourself. So the first thing that you do in the wood case is you look at the liver, in the fire case, the heart. In the earth case, you look at the spleen. In the metal case, the lungs. The water case, you look at the kidneys. And you may even find that the person is much sicker internally than you would think. And in fact, you may avoid some type of major issues such as diabetes, high blood pressure, um, uh, 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 uh you know, lung cancer or something like that, you may be right on the, you know, the threshold of, of that type of a, a major physical ailment when you start to see these signs. Normally, you will see the counterfeit personality structure already, always there. And then all of a sudden, you see the counterfeit personality structure escalate in severity. And then you see one of these five red flags and you know it's time for relationship risk management. Now, the other way that you can tell these situations, this relationship risk management, is that your organs will speak to you. So most of us, you know, know that we can talk to people over the phone, but what we also need to know is that our DNA talks to us. It's talking to us all the time, but we're not listening. And so you can tell when one of these situations is in evidence by simply listening to your organs. Now, what do I mean by that? Your organs are always communing with you all the time, every day, and they communicate to you every time you eat any food. When you eat food, all five of your organs comment on the food. So all five of your organs, you ate a hamburger, all five of your organs now are going to tell you what they think about that food. And if you really pay attention, you will be able to discern this. If you really just stop and think, how do you feel after you ate that food, you will see that if you have uh, your urine pattern changes or your taste buds change or you feel the circulation of your blood slowing down, you know that your kidneys have commented negatively on that food. If you find that you become congested, inflamed, and your lungs become uh, strained in breathing, you know that your lungs have made a negative comment on that food. 
if you find that you want to pull away from people and stop talking, if you find that you want to be alone, you know that your spleen has commented on that food or that person. Same thing. If you lose your excitement, if you lose your taste, as soon as you start eating something, if it stops tasting good, it ta- the first time you tasted it, it hit your tongue, it tasted good, and five minutes after you ate it, it doesn't taste good anymore, your heart has commented on that food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you find that you become angry or simply prone to anger or simply a feeling of dissatisfaction with the situation in general, your liver has commented on that food. And the same thing with an environment and the same thing with people. When you walk into an environment that you've never been into, be it a store, house, business, road, or office, and your organs will always tell you what they think about the vibration there if you simply listen and become sensitive to it. Just stop and try to feel what they're telling you. And they will tell you, each of them, if there is a negative energy in any of these five modalities generated by that space. And they will also tell you on people. Now, what some people do is what is called muscle testing. In other words, they will take an object that represents that person that they just met. And you have to do it when you just meet the person. That's the best time to do it. You can do it later on. It's better to do it when you just met them. So you take an object, say a paperweight, hold it in your hand, or it could be an apple. It's nice if it's a little heavier than an apple. Say a book or, you know, something like that. Something that's got a little weight to it. You hold it straight out. Extend your arm straight out from your body so it's at, you know, it's, it's horizontal to the floor. And you simply ask yourself the question, how does my liver feel about this person? Call their name. And the object will drop a certain distance without you being able to control it. And to the extent that it drops is the extent that your organ rejects that person. To the extent that your arm stays straight and still is the extent to which you accept and like the energy from that person. We're not talking about the person's personality so much, although to some extent. We're not talking about how they look. We are talking about the energy coming from that person's organs. So your organ, your liver feels their liver and comments. Your heart feels their heart and comments. If your heart picks up that their heart is you know, negative, evil, conniving, selfish, whatever, your heart's going to comment. That apple's going to drop four or five inches. If it falls all the way down to the side of your waist, to, to your hips, that's telling you stay away from that person. That person's no good for you. Their energy is no good for you. That's called muscle testing. Now, there are other ways that you can do it. In other words, you can also say, with your organs, simply there are certain precursors. For instance, 
the kidneys always make you feel like you need to go to the bathroom or you can't go to the bathroom. You have the desire to go but can't go. Your lungs or your, your sinuses become inflamed. You have this congested feeling in your spleen and you feel congested and constipated and you can't digest your food. Your heart starts to skip. The beat becomes irregular or you feel a burning or a cold sensation in your heart. Your liver is a little bit harder to judge, but it's not so much that you will feel something in your liver. What you will feel is anger or unsettledness. You will feel unsettled. I don't want to be in this situation. I can't get comfortable where I'm sitting. It's saying that your liver is commenting on this person. Therefore, in relationship risk management, you allow your DNA to comment on the energy coming from other people. And then when you feel this negative or positive energy, you begin to look for these telltale factors. Is this person an excitement junkie? Are they constantly seeking out and attracting to themselves excessive drama? Are they surrounding themselves with relationships that have nothing to do with their financial and emotional well-being? Are they constantly engaged in activities that are not producing anything positive for them? And also gossiping and talking and, and all of this kind of stuff, but none of that has anything to do with helping them negative earth. Do yeah. they have this? Yes. I just want to throw... I just want to throw some. Uh, I want to throw some gas on the fire because you you got it hot, and and I love it that you're reading on my mind. I know you work for the feds because you must have a camera going on over here in my particular situations or situations in my past because you're nailing me to the wall right now. Like you're just pulling my skin back right now, and I'm loving it. But I got to ask a law of attraction question, and it's gonna fall right back into where you're at. Isn't I'm going to attract what I am. So if this person is in my life, is there really any way for me to avoid them in the present or to have avoided them because of the strong uh, potential I have for this characteristic trait in my life? For instance, I attract a person who has got, you know, this weak spleen, who is um who's who's stuck and um they can be aroused but the energy is blocked. So does that mean that um I'm emitting that energy? Or could it mean that I'm emitting that same energy? It's a difficult question because of this. The energy pattern can come about to the person, the person that you're with, because of a health issue. Because the health of our our spleen can be generating this energy, and it has nothing to do with our personality. In other words, the personality may be making it worse, but the original cause is spleen congestion and inability to to uh, digest insulin to 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 for the cells to take the insulin in. Therefore, you know the person has got diabetes and it starts to get worse. 
So when you have a situation with diabetes, one of the side effects, depending on what the other organs are doing, is this negative earth where they want to surround themselves with all these relationships, but they're not, they, they don't want to deal with the primary relationship. So if in your case, and you're, you're attracting a woman like that, she's got spleen congestion, which is something that we deal with in the level three class because we deal with a particular regimen to deal with the spleen and the spleen meridians to open them up. Just like right now we're dealing with the kidney water scenario in the level two class. So we're going through the whole point of how to clear this up. So now if you're dealing with this earth, negative earth, negative spleen, if the person's got diabetes, then it's not a, it's not a law of attraction thing at least not as the cause of it. The cause of it is the spleen. Now, there is never just one cause. That There's probably four or five things contributing to it in the real world. If the cause is the counterfeit personality structure, it can be that you are attracting this person because of your counterfeit personality and what you've done, or you're attracting this person because your mother fit this pattern and you never resolved the issues with your mother. In other words, if you went through the, you know, if you, if you understand the whole second puberty program, then you understand that there are four things causing that, you know, that, that start to counterfeit personality in the first place. One of them being the male-child relationship with their mother. So if at the age of two to seven, your mother, you know, uh, had some issues and everything like that, and she really didn't do what she needed to do with you, or she was overbearing, whatever, whatever the issue is, then this sh this flares up later on, and because you you were in that energy as a child, you had the tendency to attract it as an adult, and so this is this mainly applies to people in their twenties, because normally by the time you get in your thirties you get out of it, but that doesn't always have to be the case. So. It could be a strict law of attraction thing. You are, have this earth energy going on in your life, therefore you attract it to you. Or you've dated a lot of women like that, you're constantly thinking about it, you're constantly fearing it, so you're attracted to you. Or your mother was that way, and therefore you attract it to you. Because you see the woman and she reminds you of your mother subliminally and therefore she tends to have the same qualities as your mother did. Or the woman is an okay woman, you didn't attract her for that law of attraction reason, but after she met you, her, her spleen issues flared up. She goes into a negative earth climate and boom, she's very difficult to deal with because she's She's trying to, to put her energy into everything. She's trying to nurture everything around except you. Did I answer the question, or do you want to follow it up with another question? Oh, <clears throat> you 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 were on point. You were on point. I I I I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for you to keep rolling. So oh, where we okay. And I wanted to just let people know. I'm gonna let you keep rolling because we don't have any. 
we do have somebody who had a question, like, since the beginning of the call, they were like, well, they just wanted to make sure that they got in line. But I, I, I wanted to let you finish the train. I didn't really want to interrupt and bring in a caller, but I wanted you to go well, ahead. I'm looking and... for two callers, so why don't we take a caller? Don't worry. I'm, I I will stay on point. So okay. if we could, because I'm, I'm looking for a couple of callers to call in. So I, I'm okay with taking a caller if you are. Okay, and if anybody who needs to call in as per request of uh, Yao earlier, please press 1-347-205-9089. Or if you've got a comment or a question on what you've heard thus far, please press 1, and I'll see you in the queue. Uh, We do have uh, KK from Iowa. KK, your mic is wide open. How are you doing tonight? Good evening. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? All is well, all is well. This is a dream come true. (laughs) And good evening to you, Master Yao. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, KK. Good, good. My name's Kaheya, and KK's my nickname, right? All right. I I have a few questions for you, and um, I was hoping that uh, you would be patient with me and let me get through all of them because it should go by pretty quickly. Um, First, I wanted to know... Uh, Master Yao, what's your email address that you keep talking about? I've only listened up to the eighth episode. That's why you may have said it, but I haven't heard. I may not have heard it yet. It's K for tennis, H for horse or house, E, M as in man, S as in Sam, A as in alpha. That's Kimsa. And then it's 333. That's three threes. At gmail.com. That's kimsa333 at gmail.com. Okay, and that first letter was K. Email to that address. I will respond. The first letter was K, like um, kitten. Is that right? Like kitten? Right. Yes. Okay. And um, do you do phone consultations? And if you do, how does that work? I will do phone conversation selectively. I don't really do a lot of that. Uh, Describe what you're trying to accomplish in the email, and I can answer if I will or not. Um, I will do them under certain circumstances, but I try to avoid just a one-time consultation unless it's, you know, I like to prepare for it and be able to give you some real meat. And the, the consultations are, you know, there is a cost to them. I'll describe that in the email. And uh, okay. we send you an invoice that you paid prior to the consultation. And then we set up a time to, to talk and, a, and the amount of time. And then we, we contact and do it. Okay, wonderful. And also, you mentioned before that there's people who've already set up kind of a foundation. And I was wondering, people like that. Um, when they're ready to go ahead and learn the specific techniques, like what you do with the table work, um, do they have to learn that from you in person, or is that something that they'd be able to learn from the book or perhaps your Skype seminars? It is not possible to learn the table work from the book. Uh, Mm. First and foremost, it's a natural thing that some people are born with. So Mm. it's a very small group of people. But as teenagers, some men and women naturally project the energy like we do on the table, and they don't have to be taught. But we're talking about less than 5, 4, 5, 3% of the population who have that ability. Mm-hmm. 
most of them lose it by the time they're 30 because they're not trained. Mm. If you're not one of these 3 or 4%, then you need to be trained. You won't be able to do that through the book. We teach that in the classes. Mm. To do the table work is not a matter of teaching the techniques. That's half of it. Mm. The other half of it is that you have to undergo a transformation. Mm. It's not a major transformation, but it's sort of like we have to reach inside you and flip a couple of switches on. Mm. And basically what we're doing is changing the programming in your subconscious mind. Most people are born to do projection work, but they shut the faculty down. So we have to wake the faculty back up again. And that basically involves just changing some things in your auric field, in your tower. And once we change those things, you're very capable of projecting. Then each time we go, that's called the Grand Trine program. Now, at each level of Grand Trine, we wake up more of your DNA ability to project. So in level one, we teach you some basic stuff. We do some basic transformative stuff, and you're able to do elementary projections. In level two, we work on the kidney meridians and the gallbladder meridians, and we work on some other aspects of the tower. We put you, put you through something called second puberty, which goes back and brings forward all of the DNA attributes that you should have, have awakened during puberty. And then we do other things where we change your protein molecule structure, where there are certain types of molecules that your cells emit naturally to change how your cells manage water and proteins. And this determines how energy flows through your body. And so, you know, we don't make major changes in that because it takes a long time, but we do make minor changes that have a major impact on your energy flow. So in level two, the transformation becomes more intense, more pervasive. In level three, it gets much, much more intense and way more, uh, uh, there are major changes that take effect, major changes in your thyroid gland, major changes in your glands, major changes in your cells, major changes in your acupuncture meridians. We do a lot more acupuncture, and at level three, your projection ability skyrockets up. And then level four and five, we don't talk about on the air. Does that answer your question? Yes, and I have one final question. Um, thus far, I've heard you go into depth about all of the um, counter-personality behavioral traits, except for the schizoid one. Could you expand upon that one? The schizoid one, it's most vulnerable to negative water or negative kidney environments. The schizoid personality structure is complicated. There are many different versions of it. It's not a very uniform category as some of the others are. Mm-hmm. What happens with the negative with, with the schizoid personality structure is that they experienced spiritual trauma either before they were born or in the first two years after they are born. And as a consequence of the spiritual trauma, the upper part of their auric field is not properly evolved or developed. And so what happens is, depending on their relationship to their parent of the opposite sex and certain other things as they were growing up, 
they develop what is called a split personality. And what we're really saying is that they have a rotation or a cycle where for certain periods of time, they have a full regular personality. And under other circumstances and at other times, they have a partial personality. In other words, big chunks of their personality just go away and they don't use it. And as a consequence of that, they normally withdraw. And they're, they're, the way that they cope, the way that they guard against people understanding that they feel uh, incomplete is that they are constantly criticizing people. They develop what is called the intelligentsia complex. So they study knowledge, get into their left brain, have the best gadgets, are very tech-savvy, some of them are a bit nerdy, and therefore they're very quick to criticize what you're doing to keep you from seeing their own incapacity or their own incompleteness. Mm. That's the schizoid personality structure in a nutshell. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Mm. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you, KK. That was fabuloso. She's giving me all kind of sound bites for me to cut out of the show. I love it. All <laughs> right. If anybody else has got a comment, question, or feedback, uh, you can please call in 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. We are only going to 10 o'clock tonight. Coach kair has got some other projects to be working on, and Master Yao gets busier and busier every day. So if you have a call or you have a question, please call in. Uh, we got 34 more minutes. I'm going to let Yao roll for about 15 or 20 more, and then I'm going to open it up again for any more questions. But if I do see your hand raised on a particular subject, then I will um, I will drop that in there too. I'm also probably just like Yao watching the um, – the chat in the International Grand Triumph family uh, room as well. Uh, big shouts out to Kells Phoenix. Big shouts out to Anise Marshall. Big shouts out to Sirius Brother. Uh, and, of course, big shouts out to the, the whole Houston family. Hermeline Mary Show, hi. Nikisha Sanders, hi. Um, everybody, uh, Cassie Forrest. Big shouts out to everybody who's in the building listening to us tonight and um, supporting us, whether you're listening online or you're on the phone or you're um, giving us your comments or feedback in the Grand Triangle group on Facebook. As And if you're not in the Grand Triangle group, it is the International Grand Triangle Family Circle and Support. All right? But by the time you type in International Grand Triangle, it should show up. All right? All right. Go ahead, Brother Yeah, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Yes, I'm also looking at the um, the, uh, the the site here, and I'm seeing a lot of uh, uh, stuff on here, um, and I don't see any questions. And uh, I'll keep I'll keep checking on it from time to time. So, 
Once again, I want to talk about this relationship risk management from the perspective of pleasure. So let me just talk about what happens when you go in and remove the obstructions and repair the organ. When you go in to the liver and repair the organ and unobstruct, in other words, clear the channels in the liver meridian, then you go to a place where you can very easily become aroused. So when we look at people who have a very healthy liver, who have a very mild counterfeit personality structure, and who are more in touch with their original self, these are men who look at a woman and get a hard-on like walking down the street. In high school, this can be seen as a negative characteristic. But actually, this is how we should be functioning. When that person is at that place where they can very easily become aroused, then we find that they can take sexual activity to very high levels of harvesting. In other words, when we talk about harvesting, we talk about, you know, when we talk about sex, we talk about three things. We talk about infusion, we talk about circulation, and then harvesting. So, you know, in the bedroom, you know, you're talking about, you know, you get into a position and basically you're trying to build up arousal, build up energy. So you're doing the foreplay, then, you know, you're if you're penetrating or whatever, then you're trying to not do a lot of activity. You're trying to draw in all the energy that you can. Get the heart pumping as fast as you can. Get all of the glucose into the system, you know, download it out of the liver, get it in the bloodstream, get all of that sugar going. You want to get all of the uh, the brain uh, receptors clear, all of the dopamine receptors emptied out and ready to receive. You want to get those hormones, those you want to get that testosterone up out of your testes and circulating all around. Or if you're a woman, you want to get that progesterone or the estrogen out, circulate that joint around. You want to get the whole package up and going. That's liver chi. And when that's healthy like that, and you're easily aroused like that, you can get to really high levels of arousal, high levels of excitement, high levels of expectation, and high levels of, my God, I've just got to get this off. And you also have to understand that there is a high level of nervous tension. So in the nervous system, it's amped up high, real high. And if you don't have the proper orgasm, of course, you retain some of that tension. So the liver type, the wood type, you know, when that's clear and when you, that organ is healthy, you're talking about major arousal, major excitement, major priming of the part. When we move to the heart type, then we're talking about a situation where when the heart is perfectly normal, perfectly uh, functioning, when it's at its peak, we're talking about the ability to adore and validate the other person. So the man can get to the place 
where he's in a state of adoration of the woman, almost worship. And so when we're teenagers, we naturally can do this. I remember, you know, 13-year-old, when I was 13, this woman in my class, this girl in my class, I literally adored her. I literally could not, would, would lose my breath when she walked into the room. I remember, you know, going back to to my hometown after college and looking at her and thinking, what did I see in that girl? (laughs) I mean, she was all right, but, I mean, she wasn't all of that. I mean, she was cute. She had the hair and all, but, you know, she wasn't like a standout beauty or nothing. But for some reason, when I was 13, she walked into the room and it's like, it wasn't just a sexual excitement. It was an adoration. And this is what the heart is capable of. The heart is capable of of of, of euphoria, adoring, of 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 like, of just uh, you know, sparklers go off. And that's where you want to be. You want to have the ability to do that, because if you first can become fully aroused, and then you can fully adore the other person, you fully connect the heart centers with the genital centers. So it's not simply a lust thing. It's the liver and the wood, you know, and they they calling it wood for a reason because the male is going to get some serious wood. So, yes, you get really, 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 really aroused, and then when that heart thing comes in there, you're also adoring. And so there's almost a spiritual quality to it where it's not simply something that's a physical desire. It's almost a aspiration, a spiritual or a longing to not just couple with the other person, but to almost to merge with them. When we take this to the earth and to the spleen, then we want to enjoy or encompass every part, every aspect of the person. We want to taste them smell them, see them, touch them. We want to really, we want them to be, to represent the part of our DNA that's lacking. So so every woman has male DNA that's buried. And when the, when the, when the spleen is, is, is exemplified, then she feels this, 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 this coupling with the man to such an extent that almost she feels infused into his being so that he begins to represent that part of her DNA that's buried. He and almost he's, he's almost like completing her in a way that because her male DNA is inactive, she can't experience that wholeness, but through him she can. It's like a completion. It's like a feeling of being complete. It's like, okay, I was incomplete, and now I'm complete. So you start out with the liver. You start out with this arousal package, physical. It's like, I just want to rip her clothes off. Damn it. And then you start, you, you throw the heart in there. I adore her. God, just being in a room with her makes my heart jump. Then you want to infuse and become one with this other person because your spleen is operating at 100%. And therefore, this person nurtures you in a way 
that's not just physical, but it goes down into the cellular level. Then we get to metal. We get to <coughs> we get to the lungs, and it's this it's at this point in time that we begin to how shall we say it deals with the form or shape of the other person, not just the physical shape, but everything about them that has to do with form. In other words, the person's shape may not be perfect, but in our eyes, we see perfection in it. So we see little things about them, the curve of the eyes, the way the hair is combed, the way, you know, that their nails are painted. We see beauty in them at a deeper level than what first hit the eye. I remember when I was, you know, a teenager, being at a place where everything around me seemed different because of the girl. The beer tasted better. I remember some kids sprinkling water out, and I saw droplets. I saw light shining through it in like a prism. I'm like, dang, like rainbows and stuff. And it's like the, the, the atmosphere and the environment seemed to change. The forms seemed to change. And I began to see things in the forms that I didn't see before. In other words, you see the other person, you see the form of them, and, this, and it's a sense of beauty that is pleasing. Therefore, we can understand the beauty of music in a way that we normally didn't. We see aspects to smells. We see aspects to taste. We see aspects to anything having to do with form and shapes that we didn't see before. When we take this to the water uh, aspect, then that is the completion. For water is the lubricant of the spiritual world. It separates the living world from the dead world. It separates night from day. It separates one human being from the next. And so the spiritual water, the new, is that element that causes us to feel separate from other people, even though we're all just one spark of God. And so at some level, we're all connected to one big wheel, to one big center, to one big sun. And so we're really all part of the same thing. But this spiritual water, this new, this elemental water, allows us to be separate. Therefore, when we obtain to the perfect kidney and the perfect water elemental energy, we attain to a place of merging, of, of lubrication spiritual where we can mix with the other person in such a way as to get the maximum sensations out of that interchange. To say it in another way, we begin to break down the borders that separate us from our partner so that in the sexual interchange and the energy exchange we reach heights of consciousness that normally we don't reach and are not capable of. And this is where we have these 
orgasms where people start to see visions of being on another planet or something, or they they don't know where they are. They they start to have these experiences where even after sex stops, they continue orgasming for another ten minutes. When we get all five of these elements and these energies and these organs at their 100% performance level, then we become Tantra. We become Tantra because our tower achieves maximum chi output, maximum kundalini output, and all of our centers are activated and energized and online and operated. And we are 100% present. In the book, The Oracle of Kirsanu, there's a scene where one of the women becomes possessed with a water sprite. And she then begins to enchant the man who happens to wander into the park where she is. And she's in a pond. And she's standing with this uh, outfit on that's starting to come apart because it's wet and the claps has come loose, and so her outfit is starting to slide off, but it hasn't quite come off yet. And the man is standing there enchanted because she's sending this energy to him. And what he feels is when his foot touches the edge of the water, he can feel her breath, her breathing. He can feel her lungs and her heart, and he can hear it as if he were underwater. When he's looking at her, his vision begins to slow down so that everything seems to be happening in slow motion. And so one drop of water rolls down her shoulder and onto one of her erect nipples, and it dangles there for just the slightest moment, and then it drops off that nipple. And it seems like many seconds pass as that drop slowly falls to the pond, to the water below. And there's a sense of expectation in his mind because he's feeling, he's connected as if he is that one drop of water. And he can still feel the energy of her breast in that one drop of water. And when it hits the surface of the pond, it explodes and shatters his resistance, shatters his mind, and he becomes completely immersed in his emotions, and he rushes in and jumps on the woman who's possessed with the water sprite, and he can't get enough of her because he's fully present in that moment, fully captivated. All of his senses are focused on nothing but her. He can feel her heartbeat. He can hear her breath. He can feel the blood cursing through her veins. He can tell, you know, where every the position of every hair on her head is because he is 100% invested, 100% present in that moment. Now, that is becoming Tantra. We can have that experience with everyday people. Rare, but possible. How do we do it? We don't do it by finding a perfect woman who's perfectly shaped or finding a perfect man who looks like Apollo or Haru 
who's got the perfect chest and the perfect abs and, and his penis is extra long. Those things are good. We're not mad at those people. But you don't have to have that person to have an experience like this. To have an experience like this, both, both people, both partners, both parties in this union have to be their original self, have to have this high level of energy causing them to go through this series of things where they are perfectly aroused, perfectly adoring, perfectly invested and infused with the other person. And so that they get to this place where they have no inhibitions, not thinking about yesterday, tomorrow, two seconds ago or two seconds from now, but are completely all of their senses intoxicated with this moment right here. I turn it back over to you for a minute, Kaya. Hey, I see we got about 15 minutes left on um, on the airwaves tonight, and this is one of those uh, high tests. Down in the country, we don't call it premium; we call it high test. This is this is this is that real juice right here, and the show is so on point. Talking about the risk management because <clears throat> even over at Hustle University in the romance and finance section, we always talk about power couples are about a conglomerate, bringing not just a partnership, but merging two large corporations, and they never would do, you'll never see BP and Exxon discussing something without looking at the risk. You'll never look at American Airlines and JetBlue or any two companies like that who have, you know, anything over you know, $50 million or $500 million moving around. So you have to treat your relationship, you know, with that same care and say, I want to weigh out what are the risks, what are the risks in it. And, you know, for me, this is like super, super on point because this is a part of relationship science, not, oh, well, let's just, let's just be romantic, what y'all is breaking down to y'all right now is far more than let's just be romantic. He's giving y'all he's giving y'all some sciences here. So if you would like to have a comment or question, three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. The chat room is over there nice and blowing up. But and we and we got plenty of people on the call. Big shouts out to everybody who's on the line, but nobody's pressed one. So they don't have, must not have any questions. So we got 13 more minutes on the air. Uh, y'all is cocked and loaded. He's firing them off. And don't be shy if y'all have something that you all would like to address. And, of course, we do have a hand that's been raised. So Uh-oh. Call, <laughs> call it from the 917-528. Your mic is open. Hi, Chi. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Chi. This is a dream come true. <laughs> I have a question. Okay, so I'm sorry, I'm cooking here, so I apologize for any of the background noise. But, uh, Master Yao, 
you're talking about um, how a male, and I'm I'm assuming that as well the same is for females, that when they are being more of their true selves as opposed to their counterfeit personalities, that they have this ability to walk into a room and they can immediately be aroused and not feel any way about it. Could you restate restate your question? I don't even think I got to the question yet. Oh, okay. I was just trying to recap on what you just shared. Okay. I wanted to know if if someone, I'll, actually, I like to talk about myself. So if I'm, if I've usually been that kind of person where, like, I could walk into a room and I'll be like, hmm, like my body's just like, oh, that person, that person. It could be multiple people, it could be one person that I feel that way around, and I'm okay with it, and I just play with it, and it's fine. Now, if I get to a point where suddenly that shuts down, you were talking about all the meridians and organs connected to the genitals. But is it is it possible that your counterfeit personality can actually um, come back? Like once you've worked on it, it can start to come back and shut those things down? Or is it like once you've worked on your counterfeit personality, it's gone? It's an excellent question, first of all, and I thank you for it. First and foremost, that you have five levels of evolution, and three of them are easily defined. We call it the Sahu level, the Ob level, and the Ba level. And these levels are, if you look at any religion or any uh, uh, mystery system or whatever, they talk about these three levels of human evolution. Once you reach one, you never go back. You cannot regress back to the old level. So it's like um, it's like playing football. And if you ever reach the 50-yard line, then you always start there every every time you get possession of the ball. You never go back to your 20-yard line. That's kind of how it is. Now, to get to one of these levels is pretty tough to do. But once you get there, you can't regress. Until you get there, you can regress. So there are markers in the tower. In other words, the the correspondence to this in, in energy is that there are dantians in the tower, and when your kundalini rises up and begins to stay at a particular place, then you never fall back below that place. Your subconscious reprograms you, your DNA is reactivated, and you are literally changed so that the way that you operate is permanently altered so that you never go back to the old way you used to be. And we're supposed to do this every seven years through something called the rites of passage that activates another segment of our DNA. But until you get to one of these cardinal points, the evolution or, or, or building that you do can be erased, yes. And when we do table work, it is not permanent. When we do table work, we change your 
operation, we change your energy level, we change the power, but it is temporary because somebody else came in and did it. And there are masters who can come in and do rituals and, and stuff, and they can transform you in a day, but it will not stay. Gradually, your kundalini level will go back to where it used to be, and your personality issues will also come back. If you do the work, if they if they clear the the chakras, if they clear the structure for you, and then you follow that up by consistently doing that work and keeping your energy there and keeping your counterfeit personality down, you will get to a point where it's irreversible, where you don't have to do that work anymore. I don't think that you can ever completely dissolve the counterfeit personality unless you rise up to the ball level. Now, when we talk about people like Buddha and Jesus Christ and Imhotep uh, and Kampo uh, Anochi and, and Medicine Black Elk, these are people who rose to the ball level, to the third and highest level. And I think at that point in time, you totally abolish and dismantle your counterfeit personality, and you are only your original self. But I have not achieved that place yet. Therefore, I can't speak about what happens there because I haven't done it. I believe that that's what happened, but I have not encountered anyone who does not have some vestige or trace or residual of their counterfeit personality. And I've met some pretty advanced people, and I certainly include myself in that. I still have a counterfeit personality. Um, and so I'm constantly working to keep it in check. Is it, is it, is it, as, uh, is it a 900-pound gorilla like it used to be? No. It's more a 300-pound gorilla. But I can't beat a 300-pound gorilla. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I'm not trying to fight one. So I would say that the answer to your question is, yes, the counterfeit personality can come back and haunt you, even after you've worked on it, unless you you maintain a certain level for a certain amount of time until it becomes permanent. And the other answer to your question is that once you've kept yourself at a particular level for long enough, and we're talking months, not years, it it becomes fixed. And that part of your counterfeit personality is destroyed, and it no longer haunts you. But the counterfeit person, I mean, to get back to our original DNA self, that, that's a lot. That's saying a lot. Um, I mean, you. we would have to do a lot, a lot of work because this society is so corrupt. It's possible, but I have not achieved that. Therefore, I can't say that you, that I, I can't really say what what the dynamic is because I haven't done it yet. Yeah, can I you have, mention the inertia part? I remember a couple of shows ago you talked about the inertia and how can't just beat the gorilla because he's got so much inertia behind him. So you got him down from 900 pounds to 300 pounds, but you're still working with that inertia. Can you talk about that, please? 
Excellent point, Caillou. When, when, whenever you are, have been doing something um, negative or counterproductive is the best word, for, for five or six years, you develop an inertia, an energy inertia, what we call in the classes an echo that follows you every year. Therefore, if all of a sudden you stop doing that, then what happens is your energy goes up and you change and your counterfeit personality is reduced. But the, the energy from what you did for the last five years follows you for a period of time. In other words, even though you said, I'm not going to do that, that negative thing anymore, and you stop doing it, it tends to follow you for a period of time until it's completely diminished. It's like you roll a ball uphill, 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 and all of a sudden you say to yourself, I'm going to stop rolling this ball uphill because it doesn't, it doesn't profit me to do it. And you stop rolling the ball uphill. It's going to try to roll back down the hill. And so you you still got to hold on to it, and you still got to put some effort there to keep it, you know. And it's going to gradually, you gradually let it roll back down until it gets to the bottom of the valley, and then there's no power in it anymore, and you don't have to fight that battle anymore. But there is what is called an echo. In other words, we carry this negative ball of energy around all the time all the negative stuff we've done to other people, all the stuff that we've done that's unnatural, all the stuff that we've done that doesn't match our original DNA. So all the foods that we ate that weren't in harmony with us, all of the times that we were angry or mean to other people, all of the times that we were greedy and selfish, it builds up an energy. Therefore, when you stop that behavior, you have to give some time for that energy to dissipate before it starts, it stops influencing you. That time can be short or long depending on how dramatic your reversal was. If you become completely your, your original self overnight, that ball of energy is only going to take a week or so to completely dissipate. But if you only become partially your original self, then that ball of energy might take weeks or months before it dissipates. And during that time, you have to constantly struggle with the remainder, the, 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 the tint, the, the stain of that counterfeit action until it's fully played out. Does that answer the question? Yes. Thank you very much for that insight. Powerful, powerful. Thank you so much for that question. We appreciate it. Oh, wrong one. This is a dream come true. Yeah, thanks everybody who made it on the line tonight. We're going to take a, a caller or two more before we uh, close out with our closing thoughts. We do have another caller on the line. Um, basically, nobody else can call in, but if you're still on the line, then you can just press one and raise your hand. Big shouts out to the uh, 410s, 614s, 832s, 215s, 334s, 
<clears throat> 832s, 585s, all the area codes that join us in the night, especially big shouts out to the 919 North Kakalaki. Um, and once again, big shouts out if to all my folks who are ready to get paid with this alkaline water over the holiday seasons. Don't sleep. You know, you got to have water. If you're practicing in the Grand Trine, alkaline water is uh, what Master Yao is prescribing. You need 32 ounces before you start coming to class. Well, you don't want to spend $3,000 on a conjure machine. Go to alkalinewatertogo.info and click on and just click on the video. Click on just click on benefits and click on the video. If you want to make some money, click on the opportunity button. Send me a message. Send me a text, 336-587-1215, and I will show you how we're going to start making some major bucks with the alkaline water. And you know you're not selling conjuring machines, so don't even be stressed. And I'm only looking for people who are enthusiastic and who want to make big money. If I have to convince you this is a great idea, <clears throat> just keep doing what you're doing. We'll be fine. But I'm here to help assist defeat the counterfeit personalities, all right? So if you're stuck... If you're earth <laughs> and you're stuck and you don't want to take care of your own financial responsibilities, but you're ready to make a leap, then this could be something that's right up your alley. Let me open up the next line. Call it from the 206-306. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi. Good evening. I didn't think I made it in. Uh, this is Kel Phoenix, otherwise known as Calarius. How are you uh, both doing, Master Yao and Coach Kair? Thank you for having the show. Kills is in the building. <laughs> this is a dream come true. It's awesome, baby. <laughs> Got a superstar in the house tonight, y'all. She finally decided to come out from behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm absorbing and um, I'm absorbing the information. It's a lot to take in. And then a lot of um, what Master Yao is teaching lines up so much with my life and my path. I actually have um, an, a really easy question. <laughs> um, I am going to take the level one training, and I am wondering, is there a certain amount of time that I should wait before taking level two and level three? I mean, do I have to wait a couple of months, or how does it work? <laughs> well, the, the sooner you take level two after level one, the better. But I would say you should probably have a couple of weeks to absorb it. Okay. But, um, you know, when we are, we're putting together the platform um, for the virtual class where we're doing a class online, and the way that it's set up is you seamlessly go from level one to two to three all within the same year. Now, in the in the face-to-face -face format, we cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. And uh, for some people, um, it's, it is it is intense. Because okay. at the same time you're taking a class, you're going through a transformation internally. And in some cases, there's a lot of health transformation also, improvements in the health. And some people have expressed that they, they want more time to go through these transformations. But the ideal way to take the class is seamless, to do a little bit every week and to stay engaged. 
not to become overwhelmed, but to stay engaged. Um, therefore, it's 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 difficult for us to structure the face-to-face sessions so that you can take level one, level two, level three in tandem like that. Um, what we've been doing is when we do, when we did the level two class that has started now, we tried to get as many people into the class as possible, and in some cases, people who just took level one took level one one week, and two weeks later they started level two because they weren't going to have the opportunity to do it for you know for quite a quite a while after that. And we see that people who took level one back in January and who are only now taking level two, that they're a little rusty because maybe they didn't practice as much as they wanted to or there's some of the concepts they got a little fuzzy about. And so we have to do uh, a refresher for them, a review of level one to bring them up to speed before they're really getting the most out of level two. So um, the best way is to take them all without stopping. Okay. I'm in Seattle, but I'm a, I am will come where I will go where I need to go. <laughs> so I'm just, just trying to get an idea, but um, what you're saying makes sense. I definitely got to do some work after the training to keep it going and then take the next level. Okay. I'm going to let well, you do what I got to do for the evening. I'm sorry. What let, you me ask, let me ask you a question. Now, here is something that that comes up even if they don't go to the next level. A lot of people are successful at the class, and they get these newfound abilities, but they're hesitant about using them. And this is something that, you know, uh, that, that you may have to deal with, and that is a lot of people, they don't expect really that they're going to change as much as they do. And we find that a lot of men and women, after they get these sexual abilities and after they get these orgasmic abilities and after they get these energy abilities, they are reluctant to fully employ them with the members of the opposite sex that they're engaged with at the moment. And so one of the challenges, I believe, is to... to raise the bar, in other words, not only for yourself but for your partner to say, okay, look, we got to operate at a higher place here. And I think that that is a, a serious challenge for people of after they get these techniques of having the courage and the willpower to then say, my next relationship, I'm going to incorporate this stuff in here. I mean, most people think, okay, once I learn this stuff, I'm going to be good to go. But this is something that we're discovering. A lot of people, after they get this, they're like saying, okay, this is intense. Right. And so what am I going to do with it now? If I, well, you know, when Mary, when, when Mary Jane comes along, am, am I going to put her in the queue and, and, and function with her at this higher level? So I guess my question to you is, do you feel that, that that you're unlimited or unrestricted in the intensity and depth of the relationships that you could have with a man. Well, first let me clarify because it sounds like you mentioned two two forms of practice. One, it sounds like there's there's one where it goes within a, 
within a relationship, a personal relationship where you're exchanging with someone, with a mate. And then the other one, it sounds like this is something that can be offered to assist other people. Am I correct, or is that what you mean? That is correct. Okay. So the the first one that I can definitely answer is I'm already working on lining up 10 men that I'm going to start working on out here in Seattle and on the West Coast so that I can understand the process <clears throat> and I want to make sure that I that I master the technique and, you know, whatever it needs to be done is I'm already taking the steps right now. Um, I can't start number two yet because I'm single. <laughs> but I'm going all the way, and I am um, I'm very serious about it. What you have in your book, I'm reading The Awakening. Um, I'm reading The Awakening of the Master Feminine right now. And it mirrors the things that I have received in spirit and throughout my life. Of course, you have a whole bunch of other things that I am not familiar with, and the system altogether is definitely brand new to me. But it's very familiar, and I feel like this is something that it called me. You understand? So this isn't something where I can, where I'm testing the waters to jump out. I don't have any problems of working on other people at all. I'm going all the way. <laughs> so this would be, oh, yes, Miss Kalarius made it to level three, you know, within a certain lot of time, a lot of time. And if I lived on the East Coast, I would knock out all three as, as quickly as I possibly could. So the only thing that's, that's anyway, but not really anyway, is um, being out here on the West Coast. So I'm looking forward to it. And after listening to everything that you explained, I'm sitting here going, how is it that people could, how do you listen to this and then just walk away? I, I can't, can't, I can't, I can't. It just doesn't make sense to me, and I'm definitely seeing that as way beyond the table work. I'm really feeling what you're saying tonight. It, it, it just, it, it really, you know, it hit me. It was like, yeah, that's, that's it right there. <laughs> you know what you're saying. So this isn't something. I mean, and for everybody who has done level one, hey, I mean, this is, you know, I know everybody has to work, you know, work through the, you know, the challenges and dealing with these counterfeit. Um, Personalities, I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing what are the other tools that I have to do besides the, um, you know, the, the energetic projection. I want to see what else there is I have to do so I can do them. But, you know, I'm all for it. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm Kels, I want to, I want to interject and give you a tip <clears throat> from the Shindao Temple that's going to help. And I think a lot of people, um, in our excitement to give people this information. Um, it's a small thing, but we don't tell people this often enough. And now that I hear it, I hear um, I have, I'm having all these reminder thoughts coming to me, and spirit is telling me to tell people this: you are too full right now of your ideals and what you think you're going to get out of it to get the most out of it. And the way I got that from is you said, "Well, I can't take level two because I'm not in a relationship." We've never said that you couldn't take level two if you weren't in a relationship. That is your counterfeit personality trying oh, to make no, a that's statement. Not what I, said. <laughs> I said that I couldn't practice. He said you, when I asked him about the way to practice, practicing as an offering the service to someone else and then doing it within a personal relationship. That was the part that I was talking about. Yeah, but that no, doesn't mean you can't practice. Like, that means that you only want to have intentions of practicing with your partner that you may not have, which will be which will turn into an excuse why I can't take level two. 
Oh, I never said I wouldn't take a partner. <laughs> but listen to what I'm saying. You're, full. You're too full right now. You have to empty oh. your cup. Write down the word Wu Chi, W-U-C-H-I, and research oh. that. And okay. we're dealing with a lot of acupuncture and Asian <clears throat> philosophy, then you can't come in with a street or Brooklyn or Seattle philosophy. You have to go to the you have to go to where the water's coming from and adopt more of the, those modalities. And Wu Chi means you have to empty out before you can fill up with something else. Thank you well, for that. I let, appreciate let, it. let me say this in closing. Um I purchased some flowers the other day, and uh, some of them were roses, and I purchased some other flowers as well. And I cut them the way, per the instructions, the stems. I put them in clean vases, and I put them on the altar, and I put a saltwater vessel underneath to catch any negative energy and trap it there. And those flowers simply bloom. They opened up, and there's even five days later, they are exceedingly beautiful. And I, I use this as a metaphor for saying, with the class structure, what I attempt to do is all of you flowers that come, you know, we try to put you in a vessel, give you the right flower food, give you the right pure water, and try to put something in place that will trap the negative energy and allow you to blossom. And to the extent, you know, you have already said that you're willing to go all the way, to the extent that you are willing to blossom, it's my job, it's my calling, it's my longing to remove as many obstructions as possible so that your rose can bloom as bright and beautiful as it can. Thank you so much, um, Master Yao, for your wisdom and your knowledge and everything that you've shared tonight. It has deeply touched me already. I haven't even gone through the training, but I'm already going through the training. I appreciate it so much. And thank you, Brother Kair, for having the show and for everything that you have shared. I'm not going to hold up your two time any longer. Thank you for letting me get my call in and my question. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Much. It's awesome, baby! <laughs> I love the late-nighters that want to come in. <clears throat> we said we're leaving at 10. All right, we got one more caller. We love you. Call it from the four one zero nine zero five. Your mic is wide open. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hello. Call it from the four one zero. Hello. Going once. Going twice. All righty then. All right, y'all. We you you burned it up. You burned it down again tonight. As usual, like this is an archive classic. Last last week's we um you did over 850 downloads. I'm super curious to see how many we're gonna do this week in just seven days. I uh, I love doing the show, and I want to once again 
thank all of you who listened, who support me, and who support the show, and who support Kair. Um, this is a beautiful format, um, and I can feel the love going out. I'm getting uh, inquiries from South Africa, Canada, uh, a few other countries, but not as much as, for some reason, South Africa and Canada are really uh, responding to the show. So, you know, we're being heard around the world. And, you know, there's a universality of this message that uh, people are ready for a new order of things in relationships. They are all bringing something to the table. And like a bouquet of flowers with many different flowers, they all have their symmetry, their pattern, their blossoms. They all have the stamens inside. And I think that, you know, one of the best things that something could be in the world is a bee that goes from flower to flower, or a hummingbird that goes from flower to flower to fruit to blossom and gets the nectar and then goes to another different flower. What a life. And I feel the same way. I feel that, uh, Kair, you and I are like hummingbirds going from flower to flower to flower and pollinating them with a knowledge that allows them to bloom and blossom brighter and better. Therefore, I ask a blessing on every person that listens, that downloads, or that uh, sends us positive energy in any way. I ask a blessing on every person out here who uses this knowledge to make their life and the life of their mate filled with a little more ecstasy, a little more bliss, a little more pleasure, a little more understanding. And how can we go wrong? What cloud would rain? All right. He got a little poetic on y'all right there. Take, take heed. Take heed now. Some good stuff. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for joining us. Every two, every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, we will be back, same bad time, same bad channel with Original Native Radio and the Tower of Tantra with Coach Kair and Yao Morris each and every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is not a local broadcast, not a national broadcast, not an international broadcast, but a galactical broadcast. we got some Plutos and Neptunians calling in each and every week as well, and we appreciate all of you for listening in and wanting to have better for your family as well. <clears throat> this is Coach Kair in the building. If um, Also, if you'd like to schedule a um, nurturing session or astro harmony session or uh, receive a natal chart astrological reading, um, just let me know, CoachKAppointments.com. Or you can give me a call, 336-587-1215. And if you have your mate's birthday, then we can really get down into some specifics to see how you or your mate or potential mate, how your energies are vibing and start to identify some of these uh, problem areas from a heavenly body system because all of these functions do play a part in having someone to sit down 
and uh, walk with you through it as a guide to help you change your game. We want you to help you change your game and start to win. We want you to be complete and be the best person that you can be. That has always been the role and mission of Original Native Radio, and that's why we're always bringing you high-end broadcasts each and every week. We also um, hope that you'll be joining us on Tuesday nights, sometime at your night at 8 o'clock, and next Wednesday at 8 o'clock we're launching another new episode of Wealth Water Wednesdays. Wealth Water Wednesdays. We're going to be talking about opportunities, getting money, having some things come to us, forming our baskets and intentions that Yao has given us formulas for um, in, er, in prior uh, shows. We're going to start breaking off and doing splinter uh, shows that specifically go into intentions, baskets, and strategies. So having that on Wednesday night about money, about things you need for your intentions and your wealth, because all of these things go along with Tantra. Tantra being a pleasure principle, it also has a, a strong component of love. Sunyata Saraswati always told us, where there is no love, there can be no Tantra. So fill your heart up with love, want to be the best you, and we'll see you next week. Peace and love. American School of Symptometry is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M-P-T-O-M. E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry. Love, light, and balance. This is Queen Amina of Magic Entertainment. Allow me to be your source for voiceover. Although I am a professional recording artist and lecturer, I often lend my voice and talents to companies, corporations, and individuals to produce and perform services ranging from commercial voiceovers, jingles, outgoing voicemail messages, PSAs, and video games like the ones I've done for Sony PlayStation. Please feel free to email me at qrain at aol.com. Are you looking for quality service in a timely fashion with affordability? Well, I'm just one click away. Please email qrain at aol.com. That's q-r-e-i-g-n at aol.com. And let the magic of my voice work for you.